The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. I am back on this amazing show. Sorry for those of you who are listening and that hate me for whatever reason, but I'm back. What a passive-aggressive <laughs> intro saying. into the show. <laughs> just just, beca- just in good. case. Just Everybody's in case. Good. But in Cowboys' world, in Garrett's world, today is a Friday. So I wanted to get it. In, I wanted to talk about several guys that showed up on the practice report. We don't need to do inactives or any of that today. We'll do that tomorrow. But as far as some of the O-line guy, we know Tyron Smith still hasn't done anything as of right now. And from what I heard Jerry Jones say, it would end up being kind of a game day decision, a game similar to what happened last weekend or last yeah. Thursday. But then as far as Zach Martin and Soafilo, again, guys that are key to the offensive line they've been in on a limited basis were they doing some things today as well limited yeah it's the it's the same it's the routine that we always talk about which is you know if if you're doing something by thursday heading into friday it's it's probably a pretty good sign that you're going to play especially the more veteran you are uh zach and, and xavier have been in uniform the last two days i feel really good about them practicing have not seen Tyron Smith since Sunday, was not there today, was not there yesterday. Uh, Jerry Jones said, you know, we'll see how he feels on game day, which, you know, for Jerry Jones to say that much is not a good sign. Uh, I really kind of trend toward thinking that Cam Fleming's going to have to play left tackle in this game. And then again, the O-line has finally started clicking with the changes in the coaching and, yeah. you know, adding yeah. to a feel on there. It's been flowing pretty good and doing their job. Now, when you look at this report, although it's nothing crazy, but when you see certain guys being limited and stuff like that, how alarming does this start becoming to an area that is just now finally starting to click? Well, they have to be perfect on offense to to win this game. They they can't like have any. You can't get down in the red zone and then take a sack or a penalty and then kick a field goal. Field goals aren't going to win this game. So, you know, you you have to to be perfect, I think, to win. And you have to get at least 30 points to win the game. And so, therefore, in my opinion, so, therefore, all the injury situations, even if it's one or two plays, they could be the ones that affect them from stalling a drive. And so, you know, it's – in any other situation, you think, yeah, I think they could manage it. And if you're going to play Washington, I think they could manage it. But against New Orleans, they, they just can't. They have no room for error. Yeah, and Tavon Austin is still a question mark. And it came playing. it came to mind, and I laughed because <laughs> at the game, you know, he, he got on top of the bench and it's like moving around and dancing around and it reminded me of what Nick has been saying from practice. I tried to take a video today and I almost had my phone taken from me, so oh, it didn't work. Yeah. Did you get and, tackled? No. They but, take that stuff pretty seriously. Yeah. So I tried to take but but it would have been a great video. <laughs> it was, it was, he is a dancing fool. He was. He he looks ready to go. I don't think he plays this week. I think he plays against the I was about to say the Giants because it seems like every time you come back, a long way. Well, no, it seems like every time they come back from a, from the Thanksgiving break, it's always at the Giants. But that's not true this year. It's Philly. I think he plays for Philly. 
Okay. You get along. I mean, it's basically a half bye week, so that would make sense. Get him for December. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. I'd love to see him now with Amari Cooper and what they got going on offense. I think he'll be a great addition if they can use him right. How, would, how do you think they would utilize him? Well, the know. same honestly, the same way that I've been wanting them to use him all season, which is he's your gadget player. And now he can be your legitimate gadget player because you've got a wide receiver yeah. threat. Like, you've got a legitimate threat out there that can take it to the house on any given play. You've got a running back that can take it to the house on any given play. Now you have a gadget player that can also take it to the house on any given play. Use him as a gadget player. Use him underneath. Use him on end rounds. Like, use him on stuff that just throws the defense off and makes them think about one more thing that they didn't have to think about before, which just creates more opportunity to get one-on-one situations with Zeke in space and with Amari Cooper in space. I just love everything about that if they use him the right way. I want that desperately. I have next to no faith that, <laughs> that it will happen. Well, I will say this, and, and maybe it's just a function of them winning, but it does seem and feel to me like offensively they've done some things a little bit different since they've added Amari Cooper into the mix. So I'm honest, I'm interested to see how that looks with Amari Cooper in the mix, how that looks now uh, when you add him back in, because I do think they're changing up some things offensively on and just strategically the kinds of things they're doing. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Hopefully it works out and he's able to bring up some action that we haven't seen before. I would think Connor Williams will be your, swing tackle now i mean he, he left tackle right tackle. that's a good point you don't i mean if if tyron well tyron might be he might be active in this game the same way he was active last week which mm-hmm. you know it could but that was a a break glass in case of emergency situation so because was redmond out yeah redmond had a concussion so he was out he'll be i mean he'll be available he'll be for this and, though so because he he will be back and being your guard center right. backup i think i think connor williams has to be your tackle backup unless you think is there you, anybody on the practice squad um Maybe. crap i left my roster upstairs uh there's definitely there are campos Damn. is he still here I don't, connor which, williams. and yeah no i think you probably stay with what you got yeah. i do think by hook or by crook, I think an offensive lineman is probably inactive this week, though. What I don't like, I, I don't, don't like the idea. It's kind of weird to me. I don't know that I, statement. I don't like the idea of Tyron being active and not starting and being your backup. Because because of how good a player he is, if he's not starting, that means he's really bad off. That's yeah. I don't like putting him in in a, in a pinch situation when he's him. really bad off. I would. Right? I mean, if he can't play, either he's playing or he's not. In in my opinion, if he can't play, I That's would. What make they said him about active. Demarcus Ware back in '09. You know, either he's playing or he's not, and he was the defensive player of the week. Yeah, I'm just kind of bringing a little back bit memories. different though. Little, little, <laughs> little, bit. little different because with him, you can at least rotate him in, do a play here, play there. They when he's your tackle, the... he's going to be out there. And That's well. They both were laying down on the ground, not moving. It's. It's an interesting oh, parallel. It's an interesting parallel, just in the sense that they are both in a class of player that they don't need a practice rep to go I out there. Agree and play with a good that game, which is why, yeah. if it was anybody else, there's maybe there's probably five players on this team who fit into that category. Where if it was anybody else, I'd be like, he's down. But you really you can't rule him out until the, the inactives come out 90 minutes prior to kickoff. Right. I'm, I'm agreeing with all that. What I'm saying is, if they make the determination as they did last week that. He's so bad off right. that he cannot start and play. Then don't put him in there I at all. Don't because want him to be he's such a warrior. I agree. If he can't play at all, then putting him out there if you get in a pinch ain't going to be good because he can't play. Literally, I, he cannot play. I agree with you, and I kind of think that they know that too. Yeah. That's I mean, 
they only they needed a left tackle for one play last week when Fleming lost his shoe, and, and they, they didn't used, put him. In. They used Connor. That's exactly which, right. It's like, well, break glass in case of emergency. Like, clearly not. It clearly means he's not ready or like, wasn't ready to go. Break so. glass in case of case of emergency. And they got the little hatchet they usually have in there, but it doesn't have a thing on the top of it. Right. It's just the wooden stick. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not gonna do any good, bro. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, That's you know, I'm gonna. It's definitely a situation where you know we'll get to the game early and. Have our binoculars on what Tyron's yeah. doing before the game and all that good type of stuff. That's mm. really interesting. Now, obviously, we've seen the struggles that Connor has had at the guard position. Just, you know, room for improvement and growth that needs to happen. If that was to happen where you now move him at Tyron's position as a tackle, which is a position where we've seen in the past how much it affected Dak Prescott and what they were doing when it's not well played. Chaz. Right. Everyone remembers Chaz. Right. So who's gonna be here this week? If, if Connor was to be True. moved there, how much do you think he would struggle there? And how much I mean Yeah. Well, remember he he'd be moved for as a backup. I mean obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but if needed Fleming. Yeah. And if, he had to come in. I mean yeah. Problem is, is this team doesn't have a lot of tight end help that can that can help chip, you know, and you'd have to leave some running backs in. It would change how you do. You have to give help, and it would change how you want to play your offense. Um, I mean, who do they have on that right side over there? I mean, who? Jordan, Cam, uh, Cam Jordan, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think it would be. The thing about Connor Williams is that he is—he's a, a fighter. I mean, he—he will—he will go in there and scrap, and I think he would be okay. I don't think he would be that great, but I think he would be better than than Chaz. Better bandage. He's, yeah, he's got—he's got, got more fight in him than, than Chaz. I mean, he just does. I mean, it, it, we saw that since the day he, he he got here, and I think wherever they end up putting him, he will be a good player. This week, do you expect that they'll probably practice him at tackle? Yeah, that'd be my expectation, right? Yep. If they don't think Tyron can go, yeah. Especially if Even if they did like, think Tyron could go, my point is there's a better chance that he's going to have to get in the game this week at tackle than there is, than it is at guard, yeah. right? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him get some reps there. I bet he's doing that. Especially if you got Redmond back. You just let Redmond be your your swing center guard yeah. and look at him as a swing tackle, at least for this week, until you get to a point where you feel more comf- comfortable uh, with where Tyron mm-hmm. is from a health standpoint. Yeah. I think that's probably a better option, right? All right. It is a good point from you, AG, that right as the, which, I mean, you know, Fleming played last week and they were all right, but, you know, the line was kind of rounding into a better form and now you're obviously taking all these contingency plans. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take an early break because I don't want to interrupt Dave's awesome report that he has about the Saints offense. Hopefully he has I some can do hope this report. for the <laughs> I can do this one. I hope he, he's able to In give a little bit seconds, of hope like it's for the Cowboys. Easy. So yeah. let's take a, the early break and then we'll get into the offense. If you're like me and you love I mean if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to 
talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the second segment of the break. Um... Yeah, the Saints, they're an okay yeah. team. They're coming to town this <laughs> tomorrow to play against the Cowboys on Thursday. Yeah. They're all right. They're right? pretty good. They're, they're pretty, I mean, Nick's right. He could do this. Like, we don't need to – I don't need to do the thing where I talk for, like, eight minutes. This is – Well, I mean, statistically, they're not the best offense in the league, but they might as well be. I like Something interesting that, that I bet fans don't know and what Brian said when he was watching them was, like, this is the best offensive line he's seen all year. They they are impressive, and uh, that shouldn't be surprising. I think uh, Jason Garrett basically said this, you know, I mean, everybody knows Drew Brees. Everybody knows what he can do. But much like Tony Romo, this team wasn't very good when he was just carrying everything on his back. I mean, he was throwing for five, 6,000 yards a year, and they were winning seven or eight games, like three years in a row. Like, you know, people were talking about firing Sean Payton and blah, blah, blah. So what do they do? They draft Teron Armstead in the, I think, the third round. He develops into a great player. They spend a first-round pick on Andrus Pete, who's now their guard. They traded Jimmy Graham for Max Unger, who's been, you know, rock steady center for yeah. years. Uh, Larry Warford, they get from Detroit. He's a premium draft pick. Uh, and Ryan Ramsick is a first round pick at right tackle. So, I mean, it's not quite the level of resources that the Cowboys have sunk into their line. Not much different. Not that, not that much different at all. Yeah. Uh, and Teron Armstead is probably not going to play this game, which likely means Jermon Bushrod. Long, long time better. Wow. He was playing tackle when Ware had that game. That was him. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. He's still playing. <laughs> He's been around for a minute. Yeah. Um, but so the, the, this offensive line is is fantastic. They are leading the league in sacks allowed, eleven. By the way, the Cowboys are dead last with thirty eight. Mm. Just to, I mean, hey, the offensive line's playing better. But even in a game like last week where they, you thought they played pretty well, they gave up four sacks. Absolutely, yeah. eleven sacks, and that's. The thing that's any any time you play a quarterback like this, like the offensive line is obviously great. He gets the ball out so fast, like he knows where he wants to go, and he may he reads his progression so quickly. Uh, but they're dominant in the running game. Obviously, you know having great running backs helps, but you just they they bulldoze guys. Um, so okay, they're fifth overall. They're sixth through. They're sixth in passing yardage. Which yeah, Drew Brees is only seventh. You know, there's six quarterbacks above him. Like. This team is not in yards. In yards, that's what I mean. But <laughs> I know I'm just. Oh, I think he's going to win the MVP. Yeah, I do too. I think he's um, playing ahead of everybody else this year. Um, 
but they don't lean on the pass the way that they did. Uh, they're sixth in running offense. They're first in scoring offense, 37.2 points per game. They've scored at least 30 points in nine of their 11 games. Uh, they have hit 40 points and 50 points four <laughs> or five times. Uh, they're 73% in the red zone, which is third best in the league. They mm. have scored a touchdown on seven of their 11 opening possessions this season. Uh, I'm just rattling off stuff that I thought was impressive. Breeze. Can you tell me something bad, like something they're bad at? Something that they're bad at. Yeah, they're not in, good at. Bad in, they, they're not good at getting to sixty. They can't do it. <laughs> for some reason, it. sixty is just that boundary that no, they can't get it's to. It's just elusive. They're just like the MVP for Breeze. It just is not happening. But I guess I mean. They don't. They don't have a. They don't have a rock steady option at receiver. If you can take Michael Thomas away, I was about to. Say, oh, okay. If you can take Michael <laughs> Thomas away, okay. Let me you. finish. That's. I mean, that's why they went and tried to get Des Bryant. They have Traquan Smith, who's a rookie. Ted Ginn has been hurt all year, uh, and then Austin Carr, and you know, they have all these undrafted guys, but they don't have. They don't have, and, and they brought in Brandon Marshall. That's worth that's worth remembering, but he hasn't really had a chance to do much. Um, but that anyone, statement, though, but think about that statement. away Michael right. Thomas? It, yes, yeah. actually. Who? Uh, the Falcons did it on Thursday night. He had 38 yards. But what happened with the other guys? I, I, like, why? I, she asked me to say something good. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we're exploring different options here of what okay. the Cowboys right. could possibly uh, do. Michael All Thomas right. was held to 38 yards. He's only had two games this season where he was held to less than 69 yards. Uh, and he has never had back-to-back, quote-unquote, bad games. On top of that, <laughs> Alvin Kamara... Uh, is not technically a receiver, but he's got more receptions and more receiving yards than any wide receiver on this team. Mm-hmm. That, now, Amari so, hasn't been here all year that, either. Um, <laughs> factor that in with his Oakland games, too. He's only got 44 it, catches. But he wasn't catching balls. Okay. Like, Alvin Kamara's got 57 catches. Let's put, put that against what Amari's projection would be if he would have been doing this all season. Whatever before. makes you feel better. <laughs> um, I think I think Kamara was going to get like a hundred catches, right? No, he's wait, not, he at, He's not quite on that pace, but he's on fifty-seven catches with five to play. Yeah. I mean, he's going to come close. He had eighty right. last year. Right. I mean, he's he's do everything would be back. huge. Like wow. As a do you ever, do you ever remember a running back getting a hundred catches in a season? Larry Sanders that also had rush a lot of rushing yards. Oh no. <laughs> I, I, I think Ladanian maybe had a hundred catches. Maybe I think that seems a lot. Reggie Bush came close a couple times when he was with the Saints too. They, well, he primarily was a receiver. Like the way they so, use I mean, him. Kamara is. Pri- I mean, Kamara does way more damage. Well, actually, that is maybe the biggest misconception. Like again, okay, I I grew up a Saints fan. I have not had a ton of time to watch the Saints over the last years. Like I think of Kamara as Reggie Bush. Like he's this scat back. He's not. No, he's not. He's he really, runs between the tackles quite a and bit. And does it well. Yes, very well. He is so much better than I gave him credit for going into watching this team. Yeah. He is a one-cut-and-go guy. Like it, it seems like, and again, to the credit of that offensive line, he is to the second level in, in a blink of an eye. But you loved him coming out of college. I did, right? but it's still fascinating. I mean, he, was, he had that scat back, um, what's the word I'm looking Label? for? Reputation, mm-hmm. yeah. He had, you know, he came out of Tennessee with like 600 career rushing yards and more receiving yards, you know. Yeah. But he he is better than he gets credit for between the tackles. They obviously have Ingram too. Um, the big thing that's honestly it pisses me off watching the Saints because it's what I want to see the Cowboys do. And obviously the Saints have better; they just have better weapons. Like Michael Thomas, he's just as good as Amari Cooper in my opinion. Obviously. The running backs are are freaky, and I know Zeke is great too. But 
they use misdirection so I'm so envious of the way they do it because just like what I wanted to see from Tavon Austin going into this season, they motion somebody on every play. They'll, you know, they'll have Ingram and Kamara in the game together and they'll motion Kamara in from the slot and fake the jet sweep and hand it to Ingram up the middle, or they'll give the jet sweep or they'll fake, uh, they'll fake a fullback dive and toss it out wide to their running back, or they'll motion a wide receiver across the formation just to make the line linebackers, hesitate they do it pretty much every time they snap the ball i watched all of one game and part of another three and they did it far 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 more often than they didn't um and so you combine that with the power of their offensive line and the respect you have to give to the quarterback it defenses don't know what to do they had like they hesitate and all of a sudden somebody's six yards downfield uh so that's the thing that scares me the most um play to action me, that's, that's like the key to success right there how you're able to come up with different kinds of plays and ways to deceive your de your opposing defense and to me again like you said something that the cowboys are obviously lacking and to me personally i think the cowboys have enough talent on the roster in the offense to be able, even with Dak being Dak and what <laughs> he's done so far i think they would be able to do that have if they had better play calling in a yeah. way, better <laughs> You know, that's a good play. point, especially when you're even talking about the Saints. And, and this may go back a little farther than some of our listeners were watching football. But Drew Brees, when he was with the San Diego Chargers, he, he wasn't a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback. He wasn't a great quarterback. When you paired him up with Sean Payton in New Orleans, that's when Drew Brees became the Drew Brees that we all know and love today, right? That's when he became that great quarterback that's up there in the top echelon of quarterbacks in NFL history. And I would make the argument that if you never would have paired him with a guy that has the offensive mind and capability of Sean Payton, he may have never realized that. I am a big believer in all these guys in the NFL have talent. What differentiates the guys that become great from the guys that are just good is not only their talent and their work ethic, but also the coach that knows how to give them the right platform for their talents mm -hmm. to shine. And I think that makes all the difference for a guy like Drew Brees. I mean, there, there were, like, he didn't have, he wasn't a quarterback that was considered to have great arm talent when he left uh, San Diego. I mean, he was coming off a shoulder injury, and that was one of the reasons why, why teams let, weren't, yeah. Yeah, why they let him go. Miami wasn't willing to sign him. And, how long and, was he there for? San Diego, five six years. He was drafted years. in '01 and uh, left in '05, so, so he was there for his yeah. rookie contract. Basically, so I mean, it's just it, to me, it's one of those situations where that if you need, to, if you want to look no farther than than that situation to see how much a uh, a coach and what a coach does with a player makes a difference. Look at Drew Brees. I think it's a, a great example of it. Belichick and Brady, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah. But I, also Sean Payton. I mean, also Brees and Payton. You know, right, I mean, yeah. it goes hand in hand. That's I my mean, point. Yeah, it goes for both of yeah, them. I, mean, I, I, don't I know think that... he's a great coach because he's had him, right. you know. Right. Um, I don't think he could just go anywhere and, and, and be just as good. So I think but it's it, the pairing. It's, it's, it's a good It's just a good pairing. Right. Does Montana become great without Rice? And does Rice become great without Montana? Yes, People yes. depend Rice, on each other. Rice is great. With, yeah, Rice was great with Steve Young. Rice was great with Rich Gannon. Rice was great. Yeah, that's probably Rice true. Was that's great. probably true. That, and <laughs> was he great with Gannon? He made the Pro Bowl when he was 40. Yeah. Pretty good. You That's know what? Right. Real quick, you said 100 yeah. catches. Yeah. LT had 100 catches in 2003 for 700 yards, and he just had 1,600 yards <laughs> rushing on offense LT for 20 touchdowns. Different. He was different. And did not make the Pro Bowl. 
I How did he not make so the So what Pro running backs were in the know. Pro Bowl that year? I don't know. I'm not looking that up, but I'm just saying. What year is it? 03. <laughs> Didn't make the Pro well, Bowl. So Priest Holmes was there. Um, no, you had 100 no, catches. No, that was before Priest. No, I'm saying, I'm saying Priest Holmes was in the Pro Bowl. I'm not. 2,300 yards of offense. Was that during Priest Prime? Yeah, that was like when Priest was doing crazy stuff for Kansas I can't imagine. City. Yeah. I, I'm still, I'm like, who? I'm still thinking, like, who else would Curtis be? Curtis Martin, I don't even know. Curtis Martin, Jerome Bettis. I can't imagine any of them would have had a season better than that. Maybe it's just an error from pro <laughs> And I bet he reference. had 20 touchdowns, combined touchdowns. Maybe back then they, they cared they for different like things. one on each team, apparently. Really? Are you looking yeah. at 03 Pro Bowl? Yeah. So it was Priest Holmes in the AFC, and the NFC was Deuce McAllister. Let's go, dudes. How do you only have one Pro Bowl on or one running back on your Pro Bowl? Probably had reserves. I don't know if they, uh, huh? So, so he maybe he made as a reserve that year. I, it just says has a little asterisk if you made the Pro Bowl and he didn't. Huh. He didn't make it that year. That sounds like an All Pro kind of season. Yeah. Running back with a hundred freaking catches. Yeah. I don't see uh, the reserves were Marshall Falk and Michael Bennett, and the AFC. The reserves were Ricky Williams. With Danian Tomlinson and Travis oh, so, Henry. So he did make it as okay. a reserve. Yeah, okay. reserve. That's right. still crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy if he did make I it I feel at all. better now. Okay. I, don't, uh, I don't listen to Talking Cowboys, you, but I bet if I But you why, should. Why not? Listening to all this. Because I'm busy. I got okay. I'm just telling the listeners. No, the listeners absolutely should. You sit, next, you sit in between a triangle of Rob, Mickey, I know. and Brian. I get enough Talking Cowboys. I was about to say, Talking Cowboys is all day for me. If I did. If I did listen to Talking Cowboys, I bet I would hear stuff about how the Saints get going vertical by a get going horizontal. Like they love, you know, Kamara on the jet sweep, Kamara on the toss sweep. Uh, Ingram does it too. But the thing that's, I think that actually works out really well for the Cowboys because they have sideline to sideline speed. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jalen and Van Der Esch. Demarcus Lawrence is great against the run. These cornerbacks are willing to come up and tackle. Uh, Byron and Cheeto probably didn't get enough credit for their work doing that against Washington the other Mm -hmm. day. The thing that scares me, um, I think Drew Brees is going to just attack the middle of the field against this team. Like He's got two tight ends he trusts, uh, Dan Arnold and Ben Watson. Um, He's obviously Drew Brees, so he's not afraid to throw anywhere. Mike Thomas can play in the slot, does a lot of his work, you know, come, you know, cutbacks and out routes from the middle of the field. And I think they've played well, but Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods are not impervious to these types of things. And I'm just I'm worried that that's where they're going to try to do their damage because you have running backs and tight ends and then a receiver who can play in the slot, all of whom are comfortable doing that. And a quarterback who's not afraid to make a single throw. And I just think that could be problematic for them and something that I would watch for. Yeah, I think this, the secondary, the Cowboys secondary, um, I think they're in position a lot. I don't think they get uh, interceptions as much as they probably should. Um, and I think that a quarterback like this is a quarterback that can be dangerous for them because he can throw into tight windows. He can throw to guys who aren't necessarily open, but he'll put it in a place where they can get it. And I think that and that's, I mean, that's not just this secondary. That's every secondary. That makes it extremely difficult because now, even when you're in good coverage, you, you can still get a completion. He on made that. a throw on Thanksgiving against the Falcons. It was actually incomplete, but it just dropped my jaw because uh, he sent the tight end, Dan Arnold, went down the seam, and Drew was looking at Thomas all the way left, and then at the last minute, jerked his head all the way across the field, 
is perfect coverage. Like there's no room whatsoever. And he threw it anyway and put it right on the dude's helmet. And the, the Falcons DB made a great play and batted it away. But like just the audacity and, and it's not audacity though. Cause he knows he can do it. Yeah. And I just, how dare you? I this mean, dude's so good. There's man. like, he's so good. There's like three quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterbacks who can make that throw, but not very many that have the confidence to do it and the skill to reliably hit it. Yeah. Uh, it's scary. And I just, it's something, I mean, you know, between the linebackers and the safeties, I just think that they, you know, we saw it happen with Vernon Davis last week. Again, mm -hmm. a lesser quarterback took advantage of it. And I just think, I think, Drew, I think there will be plays to be made over the middle of the field for these guys. I was looking at something. I'm trying to figure out the best defense that the Saints have played against this season. Well, um, the Ravens, the Browns. Actually, the, um, only, uh, the only two teams in the league that have held them under 30 points. Right. Those are two probably the two best defenses that they've played, and both of them played them to a very close game. If you look at it, the Browns uh, lost 21-18. The Ravens lost 24-23. So defense factors in here. Yeah. The Cowboys can no. play a good game on defense. It can slow this offense down some. You have to score and match, but but that does that is one of the positive things that maybe you can take out of this, right? And Drew Brees doesn't throw a lot of picks, but uh, they they fumble the ball a decent amount. It seems. I mean, Ingram's had fumble problems yeah. his whole career, and with the amount of action, I guess you would say, you know, there's a like uh, Drew Brees fumbled it while he was trying to pitch it out, and so I wonder if maybe they can take advantage of that. Maybe the Saints will put the ball on the turf a couple of times. All right, let's take our final break, and we will, when we come back, I want to dig a little deeper, 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 <laughs> deeper into this matchup between the Saints' offense and the Cowboys' defense, which, as of right now, has shown to be very impressive and explosive. Hmm. So, while a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. Tell Tommy me about John. Some Tommy John. Oh, wow. <laughs> Welcome back to All Things Considered with Amber Garcia. Sounds like Tell that flight. about when, Tommy John. When we went to uh, London. Remember that? And um, the flight attendants would talk like that. Like over oh, the, yeah. It was like the whole time. It was like, wow. Anyways, Tommy John. trying to convince us we're not going to go down in the ocean. Thank you, Derek. Wow. Awesome. Anyways, Tom, um, if you did, you'd have some Tommy John underwear. I don't know what, how that would I help you. I don't know that that helps much. Do it might, float? though. It might. Because Tommy John does everything. It, it protects your end zone. It protects your front zone. It protects your whole... Undercarriage? Undercarriage down there. Do you want to do this? Because no. you, you've actually got some really good just verbiage help, going just on. Just help it where I can. TommyJohn.com forward slash cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. It's a good time to make some orders for Christmas. Yeah, it is. You can do it for yourself. You can do it for your significant other. They have men's and women's. They, mm-hmm. I don't even know if they have kids. Maybe they do. I'm, I'm working on don't really potty matter. training right now with my, my son. That's what I'm saying. You, um, they can't mess Maybe up. Maybe they have Tommy, Jones. Tommy Jonathan. Problem. I don't know some little little kids. Thomas stuff. Jonathan. Yep. So, right. anyways, go to the website. And you'll find a lot of cool stuff there, and you can get some personalized Dallas Cowboys gear too. Merry you can Christmas. Be a fan down low. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. An undercover fan. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. All right. So we talked about all the greatness that the Saints have in their offense, but the Cowboys' defense doesn't really stay behind. I mean, they've been doing a pretty good job. They've been very dynamic on the field. And you mentioned a few different positions. We talked about safety. Mm-hmm. But once you... <laughs> Derek looks so happy. <laughs> you talked about safety in the secondary. So okay. once you look at it as an overall in general, the whole defense as a group, because we've seen how each position has been able to help the other. Once you combine that, do you think that the Cowboys can actually stop them somehow in a way, like slow them down a little bit? You're not going to stop them, but slow them I mean, down a little bit. That is, that has to be the hope. And the Cowboys there, I mean, you know, they're not, they're not this juggernaut when it comes to, you know, just completely shutting down the opposition, but they've been great in the red zone. They've been great at not allowing scores. They're only giving up 19.4, which as Nick just reminded us, that's half of what the saints are scoring. So something's got to give. I mean, one of those is a lot this week, this week, uh, even, you know, against the Redskins, the Cowboys, uh, they only gave up. They gave up two long scoring drives. The others, you know, one started on their 25 because of a return, uh, the other started at like midfield. So they've been fantastic at turning scoring opportunities into field goals or takeaways. And they're, they're just, they're going to have to be on the screws this week. And that's, it's, it's fascinating because I don't have a great answer for you because we've seen them do it consistently throughout the year, not necessarily against an offense this good. Yeah. And that's just, that's going to, I really think that's going to be the story of the game because the Cowboys aren't winning a shootout. They're not going to win a, 50, a 51 <laughs> to 48 game. They're just not, I don't think. But 
they could win a you know they could win a 27 to 24 game maybe Honestly, both these defenses are too good for that. And that's not – I mean, Cowboys' defenses play well, but New Orleans has a good defense too. I think both of them are too good for this to be just a – you know, we're just going to line up that – basically that Kansas City and and uh, and Los Angeles game uh, a couple weeks ago. It's not going to be that. It can't be that. These defenses, I think, are too good for that. That's – well, that's what's curious to me is I, I always think about the Houston game because it's really – it's the most glaring – example of the defense buckling down because if they give up touchdowns on even like two of those drives all of a sudden the texans have 30 points instead of 19 you know that's going to be the test because if the saints get down there and they're scoring touchdowns every time you know if they're if they go three for three in the red zone they're probably going to score 34 or 38 points Mm -hmm. and win somewhat comfortably if you can turn a few of those into field goals now turn you them over. push Either this way. or turn whatever. Now you're talking about them scoring in the mid to high 20s, and that's much more manageable. Yep. Well, I that think leads, that's the story. That leads to this question, which relates to this topic, and I pulled this from Twitter. We've seen, obviously, the Saints, they've been able to score over 30 points easily. Now the Cowboys, they've struggled scoring mm. anything past 20 points. So let's say the defense, the Cowboys defense, is able to Hold them lower than 30 points. Do you think the Cowboys offense with that is able to score enough in order to win a game? I think they're able to score enough. Uh, yes, I, I do. I, I've said this a lot. I do think that games kind of you know, take a life of, of their own and there can be kind of these shootout type of games. It doesn't have to be up in the 40s or 50s. But I, I think if, if you get a lot of possessions going, yes, I think the Cowboys can do that. It's the only way that they're really going to win, in my opinion, is is if to to limit the, the Saints under 30 points. Which you know it doesn't happen often, but I think that they're going to have to play their style of football, and their style of football is going to be running it, getting first downs. Uh, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of third and shorts. They're going to have to go for it a lot. I, I, I think that you'll see more of an aggressive play caller, whoever that is. Um, I think that you'll you'll see. Uh, I definitely think you'll see the Cowboys have it. They can't punt. They can't. They can't kick long field goals. They don't trust their kicker to kick long field goals. So I think this is going to be one of those games where you're going to see a little bit more. Uh, risk taking by the Cowboys, Can which I, wait, just to your point, I mean, you're absolutely right. They have struggled to score, but in this during this three game winning streak, there we go. They're averaging how much you buy that? They're averaging 27 points a game. Yeah, I have no idea how much I buy it. I that's I mean, they had 31 last week, and they looked like that looked like the offense from the years past yes. when mm-hmm. this offense could put up. Not, I mean, they were getting into the 30s regularly back then because they had a receiving threat that could take it the distance, and they had the running game going. If it's that team, maybe they can get into a game where I don't think they. I still don't think they can get into that forty fifty point range and and expect to win against this team. But I do think that maybe they can get into that thirty one thirty four range and have an opportunity. To but win. they like yeah. on the flip side of what you just said about the Saints in the red zone. The Cowboys get down there, they cannot do anything where they're kicking a field goal. Like first and goal in the four, they end up kicking a field goal. Like that can't happen. Like, I think you almost have to be in four-down territory when you get down to that point in the game. Uh, Scott Linehan was asked yesterday, why not just run the ball three times in a row with Zeke? And, and he said, because they think that's what we're going to do, pretty much. Which is what we've <laughs> always said, that we think. That, he goes, that sound, that's what, the, you know, the, the run fronts are not favorable. Um, you're going to have to kind of grind through it and we see some one-on-one matchups on the outside, which is what they saw with Beasley, who dropped the ball, and what they saw with Noah Brown, who didn't get a good pass. And he might have – I don't know if he would have caught it or not, probably. 
Is that frustrating? What do you say? Is that frustrating for you, Derek? It's a little frustrating. It I is. Mean, it I, is. Because it's like... Just because they know you're going to do it doesn't mean it's still not a good option. And and what I would say is that's, again, where you want to talk about where I think they can, you know, at some point maybe they can use a gadget player uh, to be able to help them. That's where it can help you a little bit is that now you give them a little bit something more to think about. I do like the idea of spreading the, the team out because they can't give you that unfavorable matchup. If you spread them out, it's very hard for them to keep so many guys in there to where you cannot run the ball, but, especially if you can run the ball with either Dak or Zeke. Okay, let me let me ask you that, though. You spread them out and thinking, all right, I've spread you out, but they didn't really go out there. Okay, then that means, that means I got a one-on-one matchup that I feel like I can win. That's not what they do. But that's, now, what, that's what they what did if, against if, the Falcons, and, like, Cole Beasley dropped it. Yeah, and, and again, I'll take that. I'll still do that play. If you give me that matchup, okay. I'll do that play, and I guarantee he'll catch it 9 out of 10 times. No, but, you know his hands no, are good enough. Or Noah Brown wide open. I mean, you're just saying, like, I don't think— A little less confident in him, but— But I know. I, but in that situation, if I'm going to get Cole matched up on the outside, one-on-one, and he has the ability to use his athleticism to get open and catch the ball, I can trust yeah. that. That's something I can trust. That's better than me getting into a situation where I've got 13 personnel on the field and I'm trying to run, like— yeah, I get that. You've basically allowed them to make it to where running is very difficult. You know, Derek. <laughs> so much is passion. Agitated. <laughs> I oh, I agree with you. I, mean, I hear what you're saying. It's just and it's frustrating a little bit to me. I the Saints do that type of stuff really well, and it's frustrating to watch. But what do you mean? Do what yeah, kind of stuff? Just spread it out and oh, you yeah. know, mis- misdirection and yeah, all that. They type put a quarterback stuff. in to play receiver. They do. They have he's a lot got, of gadget stuff going on over there. They do. He's got a bigger role than I really didn't mention him. Ta- I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention Taysom him. Hill. Yeah. I, he's got a much bigger role than I gave him credit for. He's played 130 snaps this year. He's carried the ball 32 times. He's averaging five yards per carry when he does it. Is he going to be their next quarterback? I doubt it. Who's going to be their next coach? I'm just saying about that uncomfortable silence. I don't want to talk about that today. No, no. I'm talking about Sean Payton. I'm talking about like he's not going to be there forever, and he's probably going to be there as long as Drew Brees is going to be there. Don't you think? I don't know. I'll talk about it. We'll talk about that later. Taysom Hill. It's an offseason conversation. Wow. Will probably touch the ball. More than Cooper Rush. Three to five times this game. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right. I have one last question for you guys. The Cowboys have won three games in a row. If they were to lose this game, how much can a loss against a team like this disrupt the momentum that they've gained thus far? It's the classic I agree with David. It's the classic thing where you thank you. It's a classic thing. You can't let the same team beat you twice. But like that this game doesn't matter as much as the Eagles game. I'm sorry. I know that I know that they all matter, but you just got I mean, Nick has been saying that for a month. You just beat the Eagles. And yep. that's I I hope I think this is going to be a great game, but if the Saints win comfortably, you can't. You just got to flush it exactly and focus on the division. Yeah. Oh, uh, this game definitely has a feel for some like moral victory to it. If if you if you get beat like twenty eight twenty four or something like that, as long as the head coach and or anybody didn't like you know mismanage the game, but if you if you do something where it's like you can come out feeling good, you can. You're like all right. I mean, the thing about it was is that you had to win. They, they've they've helped themselves. They've got a little bit of cushion. I mean, even though it's six and five, you don't feel like there's cushion, but you still feel like, okay, you did enough. Where if you do lose a game here, you, you know you, you yeah. got to beat Philly, you got to beat the Bucks, and, and keep it. Somebody, one of these two teams that's trailing the Cowboys in the standings is going to lose on Monday night. They have to because yep. they play each other. So that's I I don't. 
this this game is not the end goal. I mean, it would be amazing if they won, and I think they can win. I'm not trying to suggest that I just don't think yeah. they should even play it, yeah. but. The, the Eagles Forfeit. game, but this I'm is out. not. No, I guess thanks. the point of it is, I don't think everybody should go into this game. And I'm talking to fans right now. I don't think. I think it's a mistake to go into this game thinking if the Cowboys lose, everything is lost. It no. is not. Like Nothing this is, is lost. This game really, it it will help you to win. But if you lose it, everything's Which, still right in front of you. It you would still be, just got to go beat Philadelphia. It would be so enormous if they did win, though. It would, no doubt. Yeah, it gives them that much more room for error. I really think I could be wrong. I think nine wins is going to be enough to get into the playoffs in this division. Yeah, and if you can double up, like if you can get this win and then also be Philadelphia, you might actually be wrapping up before you get to Week 17. You may be wrapping up this division Which if you can get those. If you if you good stay on this indicator role, that you know? that's not going to happen <laughs> because that never happens for the Cowboys. Although there have been times in the last three four years when the Cowboys get on these kinds of roles. That was when they were ten and one. Right, well, but, I'm saying, like, but I'm just saying, like what we what we're seeing right now suggests that Amari Cooper and what they did on the offensive line have made them a different team than what we saw at the beginning of the year. Now the question is. Are they good enough to where you can compare them to those teams, or is it just better than what they were doing earlier this year, which is you know still middle of the road? I said this. I know we're running out of time. This this team is interesting though, because usually when the Cowboys are good, we know by Halloween. Right. You know, like I don't I don't know if this team's good. We're and about to find out. Yeah, we are. Like these next two games, yes. I we think will tell you a lot. To be determined. To be continued. All right. Tomorrow we're gonna dive into the Saints defense and see how that matches up against the Cowboys offense for Derek Eagleton, Nick Inman, David Hillman, Amber Garcia. This has been Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about you cowboys yeah!